nothing tastes as good as a cup of Bahamian tea. Ah. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations. You are listening to the podcast, Tea and Talk, presented to inform, educate, inspire, and encourage meaningful conversations on Bahamian arts and culture. My name is Robert Bain, dancer, teacher, choreographer, and someone who believes in the preservation of all things Bahamian. I am sitting down with persons of like mind to discuss the Bahamian perspective on the arts and the Bahamian way. Now, let's welcome our guest. Welcome to Tea and Talk. I am Robert Bain, and I am back again with another episode of Tea and Talk. Today is April 1st. 2023 it's uh, a beautiful beautiful day in the bahamas it's not very hot it's it's a beautiful day it's an enjoyable day um these podcasts are always very special to me and everybody that take part in in the conversation uh they're very special uh for the fact that this podcast represents the, the the people myself who are of like mind uh pe- persons who are in the arts uh persons that can express themselves uh persons that have something to say uh we have an uh normally we have the op- the uh privilege of going on other persons show and of course they, it's all limited but in this case you know this this is open and the time is basically it's ours and um hopefully at the end of all the podcasts uh i will be smarter and my audience will be um, smart as well. Um, today, normally we offer our guests a cup of tea, but um, this guest is actually uh, we're ta- she's in, in in the United States. Uh, she's in Florida, and uh, we're uh, uh, taking advantage of technology. Um, Today, oh, I want to say one thing before I go on. The music, the background music that you hear in the in the introduction is music done by a gentleman by the name of Jason Ferguson. They call him Ming. And I think he's done a wonderful job in, we, in weaving Junkanoo into his, uh, his presentation. Um, so kudos to Jason. Thank you very much for allowing me to use your music. Today, um, the guest that I, um, I would like to introduce is none other than Akitha Carey. Okay, That's, we can get it right this time, right, Akitha? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Akitha, I met Akitha um, many years ago, actually. And as a matter of fact, we, sometimes we, we talk and we have lots of ideas and we, we have an interest uh, in in some of the same things. Basically, we're we're dancers. Well, I used to dance. I, I teach it now and I choreograph. But for her, she has has managed to to just uh, done things that are just amazing. Uh, she has invested in herself through her education, um, exposing herself to the world, creating something that's uniquely her. Um, and she will tell you about those things. And so this podcast, uh, I would like to welcome Akitha Carey, who is coming to us from South Florida, right? Yes, I'm in Fort Lauderdale, there where it was 
very hot today. Um, <laughs> little overcast. Definitely not cool. Um, but yes, so I am in sunny South Florida. I'm originally from uh, Freeport, and I grew up in Nassau. I finished high school in the Bahamas. I started school in the Bahamas and finished in the Bahamas. So I guess the beauty, the beauty of my educational um, path pre-college is the fact that I was able to have the experience of being in the Bahamas and also being in the United States. So I have kind of a dual um, understanding of um, education and um, culture and dance and citizenship and identity. And all of those things have helped me create the movement um, technique or technology known as Carib Funk. So that is, um, that is, I guess, what I am known for. Um, but my passion um, is a lot of different things. Education, of course. I am currently in um, the P a PhD program at Florida International University. I'm in the dual degree program, AADS, African and African Diaspora Studies, mm -hmm. and um, Global Sociocultural Studies. So currently, I um, have a BA in dance. I have um, an MFA in dance. Mm -hmm. I have an MA in African and African Diaspora Studies. I have a Women's Studies Certificate, and I'm currently working on um, my PhD. So all of that information, all of my interest in cultural performance, specifically um, looking at female um, expression um, in dance hall culture in particular, that's what my dissertation research is on. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm investigating quite a few things and my Bahamian upbringing has given me the, the roots and culture, if you if you will, to kind of move forward on this um, trajectory. Okay. So, yeah, awesome. That, I that's the educational component. Oh, that's 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 amazing. That's uh, that's amazing, uh, um, Keith. Before we get in uh, further into the 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 the, the conversation, um, normally I would ask a guest. Uh, all of my guests, actually, uh, since we are now we are we are in that season of of um, celebrating the fiftieth independent independence, sorry, of our country. Uh, you, as a Bahamian, uh, how far do you think we have come in fifty years, as 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 it relates to the arts? To dance, the arts in general. Go ahead. You can go ahead. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a conversation that I have been trying to have initiated, been a part of for um, two decades, <laughs> two decades okay. now. Mm -hmm. And um, so sad to say that I am very displeased, um, disappointed in the, in the lack of, um, not necessarily representation, but the lack of, of dance education and where we could be in comparison to other Caribbean countries. Um, my interest is really in kind of building relationships 
between um, our country and, you know, my resources here. I'm constantly having conversations about trying to make bridges and connections, and that has not been able to happen um, for, for, for various reasons. I took it upon myself to kind of do like a small ethnographic research project where I kind of interviewed um, students, male, female, at different levels of their dance education. And primarily most of them said that they felt that they were not prepared when they came to the United States to further their education. And so that for me is very telling. Um, so I, I, you know, took that information also with me working with the National Arts Festival. And I think in 2003, I think I did it for maybe two or three years, you know, holding on to that experience and what I saw there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of work that has to be done. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of um, education, continuing education, I think, for the for the dance educators. Um I've been I've had so many conversations that just never seem to go anywhere. And for me, you know, as a Bahamian, I, I preface everything that I do. I mean, when you read my my journal articles, my my book chapters, every presentation, I'm talking about myself as a Bahamian right. um, artist and educator. I'm I'm most often the only Bahamian at any conference, at any lecture, at any performance that these are these are the gaps that I am trying to address so you know there there are a lot of there are a lot of things that need to happen um at home introspectively but also globally mm-hmm. you know the the dance life can be so many things beyond concert dance beyond junk canoe mm-hmm. um how do we include these things in a, in a curricular perspective? How do we include these things from a feminist voice? How do we include these things from a transnational? Like, what what do we have to offer to hold on to and also to share with with the nation? Um, it can't just be one or two people doing that in a silo. You know, when we think about Trinidad and we think about Jamaica, we think about Haiti, we think about Cuba, we think about Barbados, you know, they are doing amazing things and they are being seen and recognized not only outside of their country internationally, but I think I feel like there's a there's an, um, um, an understanding and appreciation internally and also from like um, a state apparatus, like a government mm-hmm. perspective, like mm-hmm. they support and understand what the arts does for the nation, for the community, for the individual, for the students, and how can we use that to propel our, our nation? So, you know, there are a lot of pieces of, of this puzzle that really need to okay. be addressed, I think. You have, you, um, you, said, a, you said the word that I, I normally use in the word is a puzzle. Uh, Akitha, where do we, how do we start? Where, where can we start or where should we start uh, to do you think it's 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 possible for us in 2023 um, 50 years is uh, how difficult would it be for us to change the trajectory of what has been happening for the past 50 years or probably I mean 
yeah, let's say the past 50 years, because dance have existed here for a little while uh, before 1973. Uh, 1973 was when it probably was at its highest. When I came to NASA, it was a little something. I was quite pleased with what I saw. Uh, I knew it wasn't where I would want to see uh, the arts, the sea dance, um, but it was it, it was encouraging. But um, where do you think that we, you've said a lot, and basically, you know, I, in, in previous podcasts, some of the same things that you have said, that you have alluded to, I've said the same thing, and I always end, end up saying about this piece of the puzzle that is just, just incomplete. There are pieces everywhere, and we can't seem to, to bring it together. You, as a person with the, the, the knowledge that you have, I'm sure, you know, there's much that we can learn from you, and we can, um, um, if people want to listen, but how do we change the trajectory of what is happening right now in this country, the thing that we are so displeased with, how do we change it? How do we? I mean, for me, I, I definitely, and this was like a part of, you know, the last conversation that I, uh, that I had with, you know, the institution, it was, you know, really, uh, you know, from a, from a town hall meeting perspective, like, like there needs to be conversation, you know, bringing in my researcher, you know, tools, what, does the community first of all know about dance how do they foresee it because you know we have to address the the parents um you know going back to that um adjudication those sessions that i had where it was clearly improper training lack of technique and I like I literally had to stop the music at one point and let the parents know that the onus was on them to figure out, find out, research who is training your children, because what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself going to a sports medicine physician, a therapist, <laughs> because these kids are going to be injured. And so there's an education piece that needs to happen, I think. From, from from a general perspective, like like how are we and then looking at colonization as well. Like do do parents really see dance as a viable um, profession? That's the first thing. So I think we have to ask these questions like what does dance mean? What is a dance career? What do you foresee that to be? What are the opportunities for that? And I think once we educate the community and I feel like there has to be dance consistently coming into the nation so that people can see what what the world is doing. Exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's a give and take. It is a give and take. The educators need to be educated. Are they going abroad to get continuing education? Are they going to conferences? Like, what's in your toolbox? Are you still teaching, um, you know, this you know, uh, what is it? The Royal Ballet School of, of whatever that is to you that nobody is using. If you come with that conversation in our circles, you're going to get cussed out, essentially. <laughs> so are you still thinking that ballet is the central for like those are antiquated conversations? And that to me shows your limitations, that you are not prepared. You're not cognizant. You're you have no critical engagement. <laughs> you don't know what's going on in our community. <laughs> and these are hard conversations that have to be held 
people have to be held accountable in terms of what are you offering your students? <laughs> Akitha, I, I, I feel you, I feel you, and I'm happy that you're saying it. I'm happy that I'm not the lone wolf. Um, but this is what, uh, this happens, uh, th this is happening right now. Uh, how do we get uh, persons to understand uh, what dance is? Uh, dance is much more than than what they see, but to try and change that mindset, uh, that's another thing. Uh, mm -hmm. Some persons don't have any clue, like you say, of what what dance is. They have no knowledge of it. Uh, how do you have uh, uh, somebody that comes into a, a ballet school and stays there for uh, a, a week or a month or summer, and then they go open up a dance school? Uh, they have no clue uh, on the the pedagogical uh, 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 nature of dance, how the whole thing is supposed to be taught, that once right. a child, once you teach a child here, right, that child is supposed to be able to go in any environment right. and function, right. all right? Yeah. Um, I, I am always ostracized for the fact that uh, uh, what you're talking about are things that I, I, I talk about. I took the liberty, and I told you about it. You and I have had this conversation, and as a matter of fact, my book should be out in in um, April, uh, the probably in about three weeks or so, right? But I sat down, and again, the lone wolf, because nobody gives a hoot about us. Uh, nobody cares about the dance. Nobody. Everybody wants to be a lawyer, a doctor, a a, a whatever whatever they want to be. And that's fine. You know, everything has its place. Uh, but can you, I always say, can you imagine a world without the arts, period? I put that in people's mind for a second and then I end by saying, just think about it. And then I go, I don't, I didn't, I don't think so. But dancers are intelligent. Dancers are researchers. Dancers write books. Like yourself, dancers get PhD. I don't have none. Uh, dancers do put place in the right environment to awesome things. But for them to get into the, the circle or the environment that you are in, there has to be a level of commitment, a level of seriousness. Um, and then they'll meet persons like yourself. Then they'll be able to understand exactly what you're talking about. They have no clue. This conversation, which you are saying, people are going to sit and they're going to listen to this podcast and go like, who the hell is this girl? What, what is she talking about? Yeah. All right. What, what is she talking about? I interested in that. All I right. want my child to do is just go and do, do ballet. It's good for her. It's good for her. It's good for her poise and stuff like that. And, and I constantly say it. In a couple of years time, I said, when, you, when you're walking around and you find that you, you, go, you have to go to the doctor because of your back or because of something and something, it's because some teacher decide to put you in a pair of point shoes who never did point themselves. Mr. Mitchell always say, listen, if you're going to teach dance and, 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 and you're going to teach an our best, you should have at least have performed it yourself. Uh, if you're going to do any kind of, uh, of, 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 of dance, you should have experienced it yourself so that you could relay the information to your students, the correct information. So we are suffering from that. Now, 
how to get persons into to learning dance and stuff like that and saying to, I'll give you an example of something. A couple of years ago, I was invited by the IDB who said, uh, Mr. Bain, we did some research and we found that your school was the school that we, we can use. Now, we would like for you to create this program. And so I'm right then my head, my, I went up and, and guess what? You were one of those persons that I, I thought about too, right? And I thought of all these people and I said, well, we need to bring these people in and we're going to do this program. And, um, and so, uh, it's, you know, so I was quite excited about that. And they said, but what, what we really want you to do, well, I actually re refused it because after finished, after talking to them and what they were requesting me to do, I go like, oh no, hell no, that ain't gonna work here. Because first of all, these people don't like me. Uh, um, the things that I say, they don't want to hear it. Um, so I keep telling them no, 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 no. And then finally, a lady called me from, from Washington, D.C. And she said, Mr. Bain, uh, I'm leaving and I need you to say yes. We want to send this grant to you. Anyhow, they eventually gave me the grant and they said, now this is what you're going to do. We want you to create a trainer, trainer program. And I want you to bring in the people. I want local people now. First of all, you couldn't find one. There was probably one or two. But you need to bring these people in and I want you to create a program and then you need to follow up on it to see how everybody's doing. Try to bring everybody up to speed on, on the same level. Well, that didn't work. The thing was, um, the feedback was, who the hell Robert Bain think he is? <laughs> All right? And so I had to report back and say, you know something? Uh, thank you for, for trying. I did my damnedest best, mm -hmm. but it, it did not work. But, Akitha, I, I, I've always, you and I have talked um, and uh, I think you have similar passions, and um, I, I don't know. I, why aren't you here in the Bahamas? <laughs> um, I, I don't feel like the country re recognizes my worth or value. Um, I think that is a part of it. I guess. Um, and then again, I'm a, I'm an artist. I'm a dancer. I'm not an athlete. I'm not um, a, a physician. So, you know, that then there's that. I mean, we, we also have to address the colonial lens, mm -hmm. philosophies, um, practices that are embedded mm -hmm. in our culture. Mm -hmm. Um because, and, and I don't know if I've shared this with you, but I have shared this with other Caribbean artists every time I either visit their country or see their work. Um, their connection to Africa is clear. Mm -hmm. It is visual. It's taught. It's in um, the language. It's in the dance. It's in the music. It, it's, it's tangible. It's everywhere. And mm -hmm. I think that is the difference. I feel like we only, and even looking at this year's Junkanoo, the movement that I saw was not very Afro-diasporic, in my opinion. Um, so there's a, there's a disconnect from, from Africa, mm -hmm. a huge disconnect. And, and it's very clear to me because this is, this is the work that I study. This is the dance movement that I'm a practitioner of. Um, this is my movement language. This is my theoretical 
framework. So I see it, I recognize it, I know when it's not there. Mm -hmm. And we have a huge disconnect. And that for me is the biggest difference. Haiti, Trinidad, um, Jamaica, all of these other countries are very clear about their African identity. They're very proud of it. Um, of course, we know that, you know, they deal with their own issues with colonial um, uh, structures, but they, they're, they're very vocal and very, very, um, they want to, to, to have that connection. And we, for some reason, don't. Um, so that so that's another thing. Um, there there are a lot of elements that I feel like need to be addressed. But in terms of like what needs to happen, there are so many pieces. I feel like you know having a conversation with you know with with the dance community, um, you know that there there should be enough for everybody so that nobody is warring. No one's trying to keep their work in it. Like everyone should be seeing everyone's work. Yeah. Everyone should be supporting everyone's work. Yes. Um, I don't get the sensibility that that's what's happening. No. Um, everyone's not going to be a performer. Everyone's not going to be an educator. Everyone's not going to be a studio owner. But, but if that is what you've decided to do, you need to be, the best at that you should be perfecting your craft you should have you know a, a community within a community to support each other that that's the only way that's you know the, our, the culture is going to flourish the dancers are going to have a sense of camaraderie camaraderie they're going to have a sense of commitment to the craft they're going to be supportive of each other um so so again you know there are a lot of missing elements and components um, and so when you think about like when they get to the age where they're ready to transition into college or university, they're not prepared. I've, I've seen it. I have seen it for myself. So you have Florida State where I'm an alumni. They have a partnership with Trinidad and Tobago because the students are that good. Yes. Mm -hmm. To be able to transition <laughs> into that program. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we don't have that at all. At all. We are nowhere near that level of proficiency. And that is because the, there's an educational disconnect. Well, they That's don't, uh, quite frankly, I don't think that anybody thinks that uh, uh, the education of dance is important. They don't, I don't think they think that it's a real thing. Um, um, I don't think there's nobody uh, in this country um, whose child will go to them and say, I want to be a dancer, and they would agree to that. How many times I've spoken to persons who really wanted to dance, but their parents just discouraged them? Uh, yeah. I, I don't... I, don't... I mean, it happened to me. Yeah. I, I'm a product of that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, most people, most of my family are educators. They're in the medical field. You know, these are this is a professional mm -hmm. family. Um, you know, when, when I grew, when I was coming up, yes, you can dance, you're five, you're six. Yes, that's the thing to do. Mm -hmm. But when I transitioned back into the culture um, in high school, my grandmother did not support that at that time. Because right. it now you need to get serious and focus on 
you know, I, I wanted to be a, a medical doctor. That's what they were grooming me to, to be. Mm-hmm. Um, not knowing that I was going to become a doctor of dance or uh, get a PhD in, in, in a dance related field. Right. But that was, that was my trajectory. That was my story. That is my story. Um, so a lot of these ideas have really shaped um, my advocacy in terms of why I'm so passionate about education and identity and citizenship and my movement vocabulary mm-hmm. um, in particular because of the, sh- the shaming, um, you know, this whole thing about the politics of respectability. You know, I've had, I've been in, in particular, I've written about this. I just actually wrote about this yesterday in my dissertation proposal mm-hmm. where I had these two experiences, one performing um, at school, I, I went to Queens College, where the what the administrator at the time, after I did my you know performance, my modern contemporary performance, told me, young ladies don't dance like that. <laughs> so basically, I was I was made to feel like what I what I presented was not of value. It was vile. It was vulgar. It was slack. It was disrespectful. It had no place inside of that space. And the other um, situation, the other example was I was at a Sweet 16 birthday party doing my thing and a male, I don't know if it was her dad or a family member walked up to me in the middle of the dance floor, tapped me on my shoulder and told me I needed to stop dancing. So these references have shaped and framed who I am as an educator, as an advocate, as a performer, as a scholar, because those incidents are, are rooted within a colonial patriarchy, politics of respectability framework. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is who, that's what has given me the language to be able to speak about my work. Join me for a continuation of this discussion with Akita Carey. You're listening to Tea and Talk. You're listening to the podcast Tea and Talk. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations.